0: The thrill and excitement of March mania is here and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn five bucks into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21+. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, guys? It's Harrison Phillips here. And you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on the Circle the Wagons podcast on Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network.
1: Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills, baby. Where else would your man be than
0: right here?
2: Welcome to the Circling the Wagons
1: podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan,
2: Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special preview edition of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Thank you so much for joining us right before the big matchup. ...between the Arizona Cardinals and the Buffalo Bills in State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona at 4.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I had the privilege of talking with former NFL tight end Ed Smith of the Arizona Cardinals Believe podcast. Ed not only does the podcast, but he also hosts a weekly radio show on 1060 AM in Phoenix... ...and has a lot to say about the Cardinals and their strengths and weaknesses as a team... Um, he has a lot of insight as to Kyler Murray, uh, the offense, the defense, uh, Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach. Um, but I also get a chance to ask him some personal questions in regards to the recent spike in COVID cases within the NFL. And if he, as a former player sees the numbers rising or declining. As the Believe podcast pointed out earlier today, Josh Norman was found to be positive for COVID-19. So I get his insight on all of that stuff, along with some insight on his motivational speaking gig. So without further ado, former NFL tight end, Ed Smith. He is the host of the Arizona Cardinals podcast on the Believe podcast network and is also the co-host of the Easy Sports Talk show on 1060 AM Phoenix. He is a former tight end in the World League of American Football, the XFL, the NFL, and was a member of the 1998 NFC champion Atlanta Falcons. We'd like to welcome Ed Smith to the podcast. Ed, it is so nice to talk to you. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. I appreciate you having me on, man. I've been looking forward to
2: this. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on. And I'll I'll be completely honest, I don't know a ton about the Cardinals. I know all the major talking points about the Arizona Cardinals, so I'm really excited to have you on and just discuss the the team in general and the team a, a little bit more specifically and things that we can look forward to on Sunday for the big game. So first, let's talk about last season versus this season. Last season in 2019, the Cardinals finished 5-10-1. And this season, you guys are already 5-3, and coming off a tough loss to the Miami Dolphins. But how does the team look to you in general? Are you optimistic that Coach Cliff Kingsbury can lead this team to a playoff berth? Or are you still in the wait-and-see mode?
1: You know, that's a great question, Nate, because, you know, coming into this year, obviously after we experienced everything with COVID, and no off season, no a real training camp or, you know, preseason game, it was kind of a mixed bag, you know, kind of wondering what we were get, going to get here in 2020. You know, great finish to the season last year, 2019, and not necessarily record-wise. You know, obviously you mentioned, that we finished 5-10-1, but we were really competing toward the end of last season. And that's the one thing that is always, you know, like my barometer. I'm not necessarily a guy when you're developing and when you're trying to build a franchise, you know, It's not always about the wins. It's about how you're competing, Uh, whether you're leaving it all out there on the field, whether you're, you know, at least uh, giving the opponent some type of resistance. And a couple of years ago, we were a dog, man. We was in lay down. And this is before Kingsbury got here. And obviously we had Kyler Murray. We had different coaching staff, different quarterback. We were at a place where every week it wasn't if we were going to lose or how much we were going to lose by for the most part. And, you know, toward the end of last season, We started really competing, and that has kind of rolled into 2020 to my surprise because without the offseason, as I mentioned, I thought it would take a little while for us to kind of gel, you know, with our offensive line, our second-year quarterback, our second-year head coach. But surprisingly, we, you know, we jump out of the box. We beat a a banged-up San Francisco team, albeit in week one, but you still have to beat who you beat. Uh, You know, we uh, jump out, you know, a couple wins, and – you know, we lose a disappointing one against Detroit. But all in all, sitting at five and three at this point in the season, Nate, this has been a real nice surprise. And we've gone from thinking that our ceiling was maybe five to seven wins this year to thinking, you know, who knows? Maybe we can speak into playoffs, especially with the expanded, you know, playoff system they're kind of running into now. So all in all, man, I can't, we can't be disappointed out here. You know, we wish we had a couple of those games back. You know, you lose to a second, you know, game quarterback in two of last week. I think it's a game we wish we would have had, as well as that Detroit game and the Carolina game. All three games we lost are ones that we had pegged on our schedule as potential wins. They turn out to be losses, but we've had a couple where we've come away with victories. So five and three, can't complain with that right now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um so it wouldn't be a podcast at all if I didn't discuss uh, Kyler Murray, your you know very up and coming second year quarterback, and you know as a, as a Cardinal starting quarterback, he is progr- is he progressing? I guess to where you think he should be, or is he developing a little slower or faster than what you anticipated?
1: I think it's an unfair scale because you know he's been so dynamic uh, over the start of the season, and he's had his games. You know, he's had a couple that I know he wishes he had back. But all in all, if I was to give him a great name, I mean, he's done a great job. And not just on the field, what I kind of uh, kind of caught my attention was through all the pandemic and everything going on through the offseason, he was actually a leader off the field, you know, getting guys together, making sure everybody was on the same page as we kind of worked our way through everything, you know, leading up to training camp. And then even during some of the games, I've seen him very demonstrative on the sideline, kind of, you know, getting you know, getting in guys chest, you know, kind of trying to get their, their level up to his on the field. He's unbelievable. I mean, I, I feel sorry for some of the defenders out there in open space trying to catch him or even defensive coordinators trying to figure out how we kind of you know, wrangle him. But he's been, uh, you know, he's, he's got a great feel for it, the game plan that Kingsbury is putting together each week. Uh, I love his ball. He throws a great football. He's a tough former tight end. Those, you know, you just imagine being out there and some of the, the, the plays he makes and puts the ball exactly where it's supposed to be. That's all touch and accuracy. You know, we still, he still has a few things to work on. Uh, maybe, you know, sometimes he's a uh, little quick to, to get down or uh, get out of the pocket. But all in all, he's done a great job. The one thing that I hope they don't do to him Nate is put too much pressure on him with all this MVP talk and things like that because I think that's very, very premature he's not at that level yet uh give him a, a little time in this offense in the league i think he'll eventually get there as long as he keeps the level head and realizes you know where he is and what he's doing i think he's gonna be fine moving forward
2: so what is a weakness of kyler murray because you mentioned a lot of positives and, and it sounds like he's he's got a lot of things going for him and it's so so early in his career i mean what's does he have any weaknesses at this point
1: yeah, he's got one Nate, and there's nothing he can actually do about it. And it's his size, you know. I, you know, he would, they have him listed, I think, somewhere near five nine, five ten. If he's five ten, I'm six eleven. You know, it's not, you know, but and you know, and that's the sad thing is, there's nothing he can do about that unless he goes through a growth spurt. We all know that's not going to happen. What his size does, it limits him sometimes making reads down the middle of the field. If you know we. Straight drop back, a lot of trees to look through down the middle of that field. And obviously, you know, you guys have Josh Allen there, the exact opposite of Kyler Murray. So it does make it difficult for him sometimes to, I guess, look through the trees and make some of those proper reads. And I've actually seen a couple of instances where he's trying to throw the ball down in the middle of the field, but there's certain things he can't see. So he sometimes throws it into traffic. And then sometimes with his deep ball, it's a, it's a guesstimate of where a guy's going to be because he's not even getting – He's not getting that clear, clear look down the field. So, you know, minus that, I mean, there's not much that I don't like about his game. You know, sometimes it's the game plan. I want our offense to be a little more vertical up and down the field instead of horizontal side to side. But if I had to pick one thing that is going to be something he's going to have to overcome from here, the end of his career is going to be that height differential that he's going to, like I said, he's going to have to overcome that sometimes.
2: Now you mentioned Kyler, you know, pumping up the team on the sidelines and getting them ready. Now Josh Allen does the same thing in Buffalo. I mean, us as fans, we eat that up as if it, as if it means like they're going to war, right? Like they're just you know generals getting their team yeah. ready for battle. And you played in the league. Does that stuff sort of matter to a player when he's on the sidelines?
1: Absolutely. When when you're when you're leaders, and I'm, you know whether it's defense leaders, special teams. Uh, offense, and you know, in most offenses, it's the quarterback who's the leader. When he's the driven, when he's driven and not afraid to get in guys' faces, and you know, when cause sometimes, you know, everybody needs a motivator every time, from time to time, Nate. And sometimes a great quarterback can sense that. He knows the time to kind of rally the troops and just some of the words and actions, you know, and it doesn't have to be anything demonstrative. Sometimes a guy will bring everybody, like the, the offense, together. I've been in situations where quarterback, you know, during a TV timeout, bunch everybody together and he'll give you one of those quick, you know, just not necessarily speeches, but just a reminder. This is what we came here to do. We need to do X, Y, Z to make sure this happens. Otherwise we're walking away here without achieving our goal. Those little sometimes just reminders and like I said, sometimes they're a little more demonstrative than others. You know, and the fans get to see it because the cameras catch it and stuff like that. But they can happen at all, at any time, in any place. It can be in the locker room, it can be on the field, on the sidelines. But it's definitely noticed. And the, the one thing I would like to mention regarding that, it can't be fake either. They, if you, we, we as players, you know when somebody's trying to get that fake hustle or fake bravado, if it's from the heart, that is truly something that can definitely spark an offense and a team or in general, uh, you know, especially when it's coming from your starting quarterback.
2: Yeah, wow. Well. Well, wow, that's great to hear. Now, let's talk about the Cardinals' defense. Last week was obviously a disappointing loss against the Dolphins. What did the Dolphins do last week, and what have other teams done against the Cardinals' defense this season to take advantage of them offensively when they've had the opportunity?
1: That's that a really good question. I'll phrase it like this, though. It's not what the Dolphins did. It's what we didn't do defensively, in my opinion. Uh, two weeks prior before our our bye, we faced the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Russell Wilson, a seasoned quarterback, some have him in there, MVP voting and stuff like that. He tore us up in the first half of that game. And it was almost like in the second half, players and coaches decided, you know what, what do we have to lose? Let's go ahead and throw some stuff at Russell and we'll see if we can get at him. And they did. And there were a couple of times when Russell looked not necessarily confused, but he was off in some of his, decision-making and we jumped some routes. We did some things. We end up winning that game. Fast forward, two weeks later, we also buy. We have a quarterback coming off his first ever starting in the NFL. Yeah, it's Tua. We all understand that. But we let a second-year quarterback, a second-game quarterback come here, and instead of doing exactly what we did to Russell Wilson for 60 minutes, we let uh, Tua just get comfortable. We never really threw anything at him, no blitzes, nothing exotic before you know it, he was just dealing and they, their offense and they took over that game. And it was one of those things that left me scratching my head. And a lot of other people out here it was like, wait a minute, so you throw everything but the kids in sync at Russell in the second half of that game. And then you do nothing to try to make, you know, Tool feel uncomfortable. That was the big mystery. So hopefully we, you know, we learned our lesson from that one. And obviously we got a, a big, strong, uh, Versatile quarterback and Josh Allen coming in here. If we allow him to get comfortable, especially after last week, when you look at the statistics, you guys didn't run the ball at all. I mean, zero. And he was able to throw for 400-plus yards, lead that team to a victory over Seattle. Uh, If we allow him to get comfortable like we did Tua last week, we're in for a lot of the same as what we saw uh, against the Seahawks.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, the Bills are just a better passing offense in general and and luckily it was working out for them that they didn't have to go to the run against the Seahawks. Um as I'm yeah. as I'm sure you guys saw just a few weeks ago, but I mean, on that side of the ball on the in the defensive secondary for the Cardinals, is Patrick Peterson still the same shutdown cornerback that he was in previous seasons or does something seem a little off to you?
1: Something really seems off, Nate, and it's one of those situations where he's had a few kind of different years all back-to-back for different reasons. Uh, a couple of years or so ago, you know, he leaked out that he wanted to be traded, so he lost some favor with some of the fans and his teammates in the locker room. And last year, he starts the season with the uh, PED suspension, loses the C on his chest, and you know comes back uh, after, I think, a four-game suspension, but never looked right all season long. So then you fast-forward to this season, he gets the C back on his chest, Everybody's thinking, okay, this is a get right here for Patrick. Got lots to prove. He's gonna come out motivated. He's gonna do this. He's gonna do that. And thus far, he's been kind of the invisible man out there. You know, he's he's, he's played the position. You know, I've never played cornerback. This thing come with a lot of glory and also come with a lot of uh, you know anxiety. He's he's done an I would say an acceptable job. But when you're at some point considered one of the best corners in the game, lockdown. Uh, you, know, you gain this reputation, Pro Bowls, you know, All Pros, et cetera, et cetera. Respect more from him. We just haven't gotten it from him. And I quite honestly can't pinpoint my my I guess reason as to why it has been what it's been. Has it been scheme? Has it been uh, maybe he just hasn't had the opportunity? Whatever it is, he just doesn't look like the Patrick Peterson roles. And, and we're you know it's not too late. Eight games into the season, we're always hoping that in the second half of the season. He can come alive, uh, but you know, thus far, it has been a little bit of a mystery as to what we've been seeing out there.
2: So, when you hear that you know Patrick Peterson might be going up against the Bills' best receiver and Stephon Diggs, now as a Bills fan, not knowing what you just told me about Patrick Peterson, I'm a little worried about that matchup. But what you're saying is, you'd be more worried as a Cardinals fan watching those two go at each other.
1: You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm. It's got to be a combination of things, Nate. We we can't live and die by the one-on-one matchup, what we're going to have to do is put some pressure on Josh and make him make maybe a mistake or two, jump some routes, do some different things. Without The, the one thing that always with with our defense that has just been a big, is one of the things you can't uh, you know, call it the injury bug. And we lost uh, Chandler Jones, which was, uh, other than Buda Baker, Chandler Jones was the heart of his defense. He now, without Chandler Jones out there, you now don't have that, that you have to double team or have special attention to every single play. And now, you know, you can block things scheme straight up a little more. Uh, There's, you know, we don't have the ability to put as much pressure on a quarterback, which means that clock ticks every second you let wide receivers run free. And especially getting deep in that secondary, I don't care who it is, whether it's a pass or anybody, that's when the alarms are kind of sounded. And if we give, we don't find a way to scheme and make, Josh, uncomfortable, and we get, you know, you get Stefan Diggs enough time to just get free and on those one on one matchups, especially, that's when havoc can be kind of expected. And right now, you know, Patrick's not at his A game. He's not that dude, in my opinion, that's like that lockdown. You don't put him on an island, and he's now, you don't have to worry about him. He's become a little more mortal. It's almost like there's kryptonite out there on the field somewhere where he's not Superman anymore. So, at any given time, we do, we know we're not, on all of our uh, P's and Q's, getting pressure on quarterback, quarterback, uh, you know, keeping him in the box, not letting him extend the plays, and, you know, we're we're always susceptible to the big plays. So we'll see how we approach it, but that always scares me when you're talking about these types of matchups.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, you mentioned a few different players there, Chandler Jones being out. Uh, we, we've talked about Patrick Peterson at length. Who's a player on the Cardinals' defense that the Bills should look for that will try to wreak havoc on the Bills' offense?
1: For me, Nate, it's, it's Buda Baker. That, you, know, you know that what that thing, um, where's Waldo? That's what they better be doing. They better be watching where is Buda at all times because he can start in a formation and be you know, 15 yards off the ball. Next thing you know, he's making a tackle at or behind the line of scrimmage. They use him in all kinds of different ways. And he's like my energizer bunny for this uh, defense. He, how he goes, how we go defensively. And he has shown that he's, you know, he's earned that contract that they gave him over the offseason. I was a little skeptical when they announced that right before training camp. You know, I was like, you know, why are they giving him all this money? Man, over the last, over the first eight weeks, minus one, he did lose, miss one game with that uh, surgery on a, a thumb, I think it was. And he has shown me that regardless of size that dude has heart and he's out there throwing it around and you know he's got a little taste of blood recently you know coming into the season he he's yet to record his first interception and he's got a couple in the last two in the last three games one of them are coming against uh even russell wilson uh so he's kind of getting a feel for that now maybe he's become more of a ball hawk that's that dude that you guys need to keep your eye out for for sure
2: okay good good i'm sure all bills fans will be watching for him In this game. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about COVID. Um, You mentioned so slot your slot cornerback, Byron Jones, a cornerback that you and your co-host, Javon Adams, have been really high on this season, was just on the reserve COVID list. He's off now, I think. Um, The Bills just recently placed their entire tight end room on the reserve COVID list just a couple of weeks ago. Now they're off. We're seeing more and more players around the league getting put on that list each week you've played before. You know, what happens when you're young and have money in your opinion, do you think this situation is going to get worse as the season goes on? Or do you think cases will start to level out and start trending downward soon?
1: It's starting to mushroom, Nate. And, you know, part of it is, you know, where they unlike basketball, there is no bubble. You mentioned, we do have a lot of young men, money in their pocket. It's hard to keep you guys at home. You know, even with best intentions, you try to, you know, school them and this is your job, your profession, you know. And the other thing, we don't even know how a lot of guys are catching. Them. You know, it's just, just like the general public. There's no, you know, you can hibernate in the house. All it takes is one contact with, you know, it could be somebody at a drive through when you stop to get some food on the way to the stadium. We just don't know. And the cases are starting to bubble, and the NFL is trying to be as proactive as they can be. But this is, this is like fighting a, fighting somebody in the dark, in my opinion, Nate. This is a situation that, as the numbers continue to grow, and, you know, and all, honestly, my nephew, uh, Ersmith Jr., he's a tight end out in Minnesota, and they've had their scares. They've had different things that have happened. I can only imagine, you know, because, you, know, you know, athletes are creatures of habit. But now, all of a sudden, you get a call, and everybody's got to stay home. we got to do remote meetings. Uh, you know, schedules pending. We'll figure out when we're going to open the facility back up. This is—it's a situation where, at any given time, I would not be surprised if it just gets too overwhelming, and they—you know—cases explode, and we might come to a halt with the season. I'm hoping it doesn't, because one of the things that you know we experienced over the summer, when everything was spring, I should say, when everything was shut down, man, it was—it was tough. We—I think I realized just like everybody else how important sports are to our society and to us in general. And I would hate for something to happen to this football season because, like I said, I just think we need it so much. At the same time, we also have to think about the safety of these athletes and their families. And we're going to continue to monitor it all together and see where it goes, but I am not really uh, optimistic as I see each week some of the things that are happening, whether like facilities are closed or these games are being, you know, kind of certain guys are putting the protocols and then taking out, you know, take a look at what's happening in college football. It's been a mess. And I just hope we don't eventually get to that situation. Nate.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed hundred percent on that one, Ed. Um, so in your resume in general, I left off that you are a published author that travels around the country as a motivational speaker. Now I'm really fascinated by motivational speaking. How did you get into that arena from professional sports?
1: Well, I, mean, I got to throw one thing in there, too, Nate. I have a tie to the uh, uh, Buffalo area. My, my resume, not a lot of people know, I actually played nine years of minor league baseball before I made the switch to football. And my last one of my last stops in the Indian or, Indians organization in 1995, I was actually a Buffalo bison. Oh, wow. I know the area, and I know how cold it can be up there in April to play baseball. <laughs> but after nine years of professional baseball, I switched over and started playing uh, football, as you mentioned earlier, uh, intro, went over to Europe, played in the World League, came back here, got into the NFL, eventually uh, landed in the XFL, and then became a public author a few years after that. And for years, Nate, I would hear people like amazed with my story when they would tell me or when I would tell them about my journey. And it was always amazement. And the first, I guess, encouragement I got, man, you should write a book. I heard that for so many years before I finally did that. And then finally after years of hearing how, you know, impressive my story was, I've never thought it was all impressive, but people would tell me. And then, you know, some of the – I would have just general conversations with people and tell them about my journey and the things I learned from sports and how they also coincide with life in general. You know, uh, sports and and business and different professions, it all runs hand-to-hand. The experiences that I dealt with on the field in terms of, you know, overcoming obstacles, chasing my dreams, Uh, being on a team, uh, working, you know, with different people. Everything kind of just all kind of melded together. And before I knew it, you know, I started getting more and more requests to go out and speak to groups. And one of the things I do, because of the nature of my background is so diverse, you know, I speak to uh, corporate groups, uh, business, uh, you know, as far as leadership, uh, team building. And then I also, I love to speak to kids and you know, the, the chasing their dreams and the things that took me to become successful. Uh, I also have a, a man of great faith, faith. so I speak to spiritual you know groups as well in terms of what it meant to ch- you know, be in the world and have my faith as well. So I've been fortunate to have a whole lot of experiences to share, and I love doing that. And it's uh, one of the things that doesn't matter like what group it is. Like I said, it's a lot of fun when you see the the lights come on behind the eyes and they kind of get what you're trying to give to them.
2: So, I mean, you've had a really fascinating journey throughout your entire sports career. I mean, without giving away too much of your message, I mean, what's a story that you like to tell to inspire the listeners of your audience that are coming to, to, to listen to you talk about, you know, the, the incredible, you know, where you've come from and where you've gone.
1: Well, there's a couple. One of them, I, you know, I, I usually talk about my journey journey from the minor leagues to eventually, you know, playing in a Super Bowl in '98. That's always an incredible story in itself. But the other thing made is that, you know, sometimes we have to, in life, we have to take that kind of leap of faith. And I tell the story about when I finally came to a decision after nine years of playing minor league baseball, was up in AAA, like I said, with the Indians. I got to a point where that was no longer satisfying for me. I didn't know where my baseball career was going, but I knew it was time to make a change. And I talked about that leap of faith that I took to eventually, I guess, talk myself into believing in the journey, you know, the, the change in direction to pursue football, which was something that I even kept a secret in the beginning because I thought people would think this fool is crazy. You know, you gonna give up nine-year baseball career to chase football. And then, you know, I came out of high school playing baseball, so it wasn't like I played in college. Last, I might even put a uniform on 10 years prior, you know, being a, a senior in high school. So but to, to take on that challenge and believe in myself enough, and then to actually accomplish it with some of the things I had to overcome, you know, and I always, you know, you always hear the old cliche, if I can do it, you can too. And not everybody's going to be finally baseball player that turns into a professional uh, football player, but you might be, in a profession or doing something early in your life and you're scared to make that change, it's the same thing. Sometimes you have to believe in yourself enough and then once you make the decision, have the faith to follow it through. You know, because there were times I was scared when I first made the decision and I'm thinking, wait a minute, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I should go back. And no, I I had enough faith in myself and, and I pursued it. And the ultimate is when you accomplish what you set out to, I always explain to people, I remember coming out of the tunnel when I uh, played in Super Bowl 33, and I had to actually pinch myself, Nate, because I was like, wait a minute, this wasn't just that long ago. I was riding on buses through the Eastern League and the Southern League, and, and here I am, you fast forward, I'm getting ready to walk, run out of the tunnel on Super Bowl Sunday as a member of the uh, you know, 1998 AFC, NFC champion Atlanta Falcons. could not believe it, but it never would have happened. I didn't have enough faith in myself and take that leap of faith and, like I said, stay the course.
2: Wow, that is that is a great story, a great message. Um, you know, I really appreciate you coming on, Ed, and, and thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us on the podcast. Um, first off, let, let's talk, what is what is your book called and where can people find that book?
1: It's, uh, it's called Easy Does It, The Journey of a Lifetime. My, ex, my nickname is Easy, so that was kind of a nice title. Obviously, my radio show is called Easy Sports Talk. So easy does it, the journey of a lifetime. And if uh, people want to go to get it, you can get it on Amazon. But I always encourage people, I have a stash of books myself. If you go to my website, which is edsmithspeaks.com, there's actually a tab on the book where you can go order the book. And I will actually send you an autographed copy of it. So if you want the book, go to edsmithspeaks.com. And, uh, you know, check on the, the book tab, and I'll get you a person. Every copy that I send out is signed uh, personally by myself.
0: Oh,
2: great. So, I mean, where can they find – I mean, you're still crushing it. You're, you're on the – like you said, the radio. You're on this the Arizona Cardinals Believe podcast. Where can they find the podcast, and where can they find you on social media?
1: Well, as you mentioned, it's on the Believe uh, uh, platform, B-L-E-A-V. So if you go to believe, dot Uh, It's also on Facebook as well. And then as far as myself, I'm on Twitter at Ed Smith Speaks, as well as Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then we have the page for the show, which is the Easy Sports Talk. We actually broadcast live on 1060 AM KDUS 10 or KDUS uh, AM 1060 out here in Phoenix every Saturday from 10 to 12 Arizona time. We're currently on Mountain Time. We also broadcast the uh, show live on Facebook as well. So you can catch it on our Facebook page. Like I said, the Easy Sports Talk. Go there. And it's easy. It's not E-A-Z-S-Y. It's easy, easy Sports Talk. You check us out there. You can catch the show every Saturday, like I said. And uh, well, this particular show, been I've been doing radio for 11 years now. This show in itself has been uh, three and a half years plus. in, in uh, And we you know really enjoy it. my partner, Javon and I. We enjoy doing it. And it's a show that we like to have a lot of fun with. And, you know, it's a lot of sports, but it's also a lot of human interest, and we support a lot of charitable organizations and, and things of that nature as well.
2: Well, great. You know, what? Well, we really appreciate you coming on your podcast with Javon Adams. Your co-host is a great listen. I'd recommend it to all of our listeners and anyone that may have friends or relatives that are Cardinal fans. And uh, best of luck in the future and the rest of the season besides uh, this Sunday.
1: Yeah, I appreciate Nate And one of the things, man, I'd love to have you on our show soon Matter of fact, if we can figure it out. Maybe we can get you on this weekend to talk about the uh, matchup as well. I uh, really appreciate you having me on, man.
2: That sounds good. All right. Take care. I appreciate it. Thank you, mate. Yep. <laughs> we are going to take a quick commercial break. Afterwards, I'm going to let you in on a few giveaways going on and also give my thoughts on the game. So stick around.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without
2: notice, Welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ed Smith, host of the Arizona Cardinals Believe podcast. I'll put links to his show in the, his podcast in the show notes. If you or anyone you know may be interested. I was able to do Ed's radio show on Saturday afternoon and discuss the Bills matchup with the Cardinals. And one thing I think needs to be brought up in general. Is how important this game is historically for the Buffalo Bills to win. Now, if they win, they go eight and two into the bye. And the last time the Bills went eight and two or better, they went to their four Super Bowls in 1990, 1991, 1992, and 1993. They were either eight and two or nine and one, and they went to the Super Bowl in 1988. They went nine and one, and they won the division and they lost in the AFC championship to the Cincinnati Bengals. And in 1964 and 1965, they went 8 and 2 or 9 and 1. They won the division and they won the AFL title. So why is this historically significant, Nate? Aren't you basically saying that the Bills will lose in the Super Bowl or the AFC championship by going 8 and 2 or better? <laughs> no. What I'm saying is. They could also win an AFL title in the 1960s. I'm sorry. I know that was stupid and corny, but I know, I know seriously. I know no previous seasons are predictors for this season or future seasons, but with the Bills win this weekend over the Cardinals, they can take a firm hold on the third seed in the AFC and that's important, especially with the Titans losing on Thursday night football. So, real quick, I wanted to talk about the giveaways, but also do a quick plug for our T public site.
0: Three words for you treat yourself.
2: If you have not checked out Tpublic.com slash stores slash CTW pod, do yourself a favor and go take a look right now. We have over 50 unique Bills designs from our own uh, CTW graphics artist and also other independent artists that have some great designs. I I literally only bring this up because whenever I wear one of these shirts out in public or if I show them on social media, people ask, nice shirt or nice hoodie, where can I get that? And if you go to tpublic.com slash stores slash CTWpod, you can get the Josh Allen jumping over the haters shirt. the Sean McDermott Truss a Process shirt, the Josh Allen King of the Fourth design, or the Allen Diggs 2020 shirt. Find all of these best-selling shirts and more at tpublic.com slash stores slash and as for the giveaways, we have one going on right now for a signed Lorenzo Alexander jersey. So head on over to Twitter and follow at CTW Pod for that. CTW Pod is like Circling the Wagons Pod. And we are also going to do a Bruce Smith NFL Collections jersey that was given to us to give away from our great friends at the Delago Resort and Casino, which were the same folks that allowed us to interview Bruce Smith last year for the podcast. If you haven't heard that episode, you should absolutely check it out. The good folks over at the Delago Resort and Casino are also giving away some swag to give away in the podcast. So be sure to check out the recap podcast for our thoughts on the game and some more giveaway items. Thanks so much to Ed Smith of the Arizona Cardinals Believe Podcast for taking the time to talk to us about the Arizona Cardinals. Thank you all so much for listening. Go Bills. And I hope we're talking eight and two.
1: Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills mate <laughs>